Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is June 29th, and our scripture passage for today is Daniel chapter 6. This chapter is known as Daniel in the Lion's Den, but oh, there's so much more than that. Let's begin at verse 1. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps. These were like administrators. They were in control, and they were over the whole kingdom, 120 provinces. And over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one, and the satraps might give an account. This is the whole purpose of having this administrative form of governorship. So the king would suffer no loss. In other words, he held three men accountable. Then one of those, Daniel, was the chief. But they had 120 under them, so they divided them up. And you can imagine just how that was. Each one of them had about 40 provinces that they were in control of and were accountable for. And then Daniel was accountable for the entire kingdom. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above all the governors and satraps because of an excellent spirit that was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governor and governors sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. You see, they just could not stand it that Daniel was going to be promoted as the one who would be answering directly the king and to whom they would be accountable to. And you know why? Because he was a Jew. And we're going to see that as we go through this chapter. This is Jew hatred. As I said in a previous podcast, I don't even like to talk about anti-Semitism anymore because it has now become antiseptic. This is Jew hatred, plain and simple. They were jealous and the enemy of our souls wanting to continually from the Garden of Eden destroy the Jewish people, Abraham, his seed, on and on. And so I understand what some of you are thinking. Well, it wasn't in the garden. No, anyone that Satan saw was going to be in the line of the Messiah was a godly person he sought to destroy. And then when Abraham was made an unconditional covenant, he sought to stamp out and destroy and to hinder anything that would appear to be of the messianic line. So that's why I call it Jew hatred. So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom and the administration and satraps and counselors and advisors have consulted together to establish a statute, a royal statute, and make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for just 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast in the lion's den. You see, they were continually looking for ways to build the king up, to appeal to him, flatter him, to where he would think that they had his best interest at heart. They didn't. They just simply were jealous and envious that here was a man who was a captive, a foreigner that was coming in and being lifted up. 
It is outright Jew hatred and racism. And so, and I'm talking about true racism. I'm not talking about prejudice. I'm talking about racism, demonic racism. And so the king made this law. Now, the reason this is important is because the king established the decree and signed it in writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. And so when a decree was made by the king, and we've seen this other places in uh, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther, then the law of the Medes and the Persians could not be altered. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, what did he do? Did he say, oh, well, I can't do this anymore because, you see, I'm subject to the government powers? Not at all, because he understood there was a higher power. And he went to his upper room. He opened up the windows toward Jerusalem. He knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. Why did he do this? Because it was his custom since his early days to do it. You see, Daniel had purpose in his heart that he was not going to defile himself against his God and before his God. And Daniel followed the ancient custom of praying as his predecessors, as King David had done, evening, morning, and noon, evening, morning, and noon, three times a day. Why the evening first? Because the evening and the morning were the first day. The Jewish day, the biblical day, always begins in the evening. You see, your attitude for the next day is set the day before. What you do before you go to bed will make a difference in how you get up the next day. How you prepare for the day will make a difference in how you live the day if God gives you that. This is a principle of Scripture. It's a principle of leadership. If you're going to be a good leader, you need to get your heart ready the day before the day begins because the day begins in the evening. We get up, and many times we don't thank God for the night's rest. I mean, it's literally a resurrection every morning when we get up. And the older you get, the more you understand what a blessing it is to live every day, even if there's heartache, trouble, and sorrow. It is a day that you're alive, you're upright, you're seeking God, God is with you. And so Daniel was just doing what he was accustomed to doing. You know why it says that the Lord Jesus in Nazareth was worshiping on Shabbat in the synagogue after he had come out of the wilderness and the power of the Spirit? This is Luke chapter 4, because it was his custom to go into the synagogue on Shabbat. Now think about that. He was the only one who was there was perfect. He was the only one in the synagogue that understood what was being read, what was being taught. If someone came up to him and said, well, who do you think you are, God? He could have said yes, and, and legitimately so. Do you think you're better than everybody else? Well, he could have said yes. Well, you think you're perfect? Yes. But yet he went and worshiped with imperfect men and women, and he worshiped with people all less than he was, all sinners he was not. Now just sit back and think about that for just a little bit. Verse 11, then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication. They set the trap, they dug the pit, and now they're going to make sure that Daniel is thrown in that pit. And so they went before the king, spoke concerning the king's decree, and said, Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any god, god or man, within 30 days, except you, O king, shall be cast in the den of lions? And the king answered and said, This thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. And they answered and said unto the king, Daniel, who is one of the captives. Now, why would they have to bring this up? Unless what I was telling you is true. Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, a Jew. That's where the term comes from. 
Judah, Jew, does not show due regard for you. Well, he respected the king more than anyone that was speaking. And so immediately they said, O king, for the decree that you have signed, he, in, in spite of that, he petitions his God three times a day. We've caught him. We've seen him. How did they know that? They were watching, setting a trap. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. But these men approached him and said, now look, this is the law of the Medes and the Persians. You're the one that wrote this. They had him trapped. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him in the den of lions. But the king spoke to Daniel, saying, listen, this is a king of a foreign heathen nation. Daniel, trust your God, your God whom you serve continually. He will deliver you. And then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and the signets of his lords, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. This is how firm this was. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. And no musicians were brought before him, and his sleep went from him. He couldn't sleep. Of course he could. Then the king arose early in the morning and went in haste to the den of the lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting. He was sobbing before God. This is the king of Persia. And he spoke, to, saying to Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Can you imagine what a moment that was, what a second or a few seconds it was from the time his voice left his mouth into the ears of Daniel? What a tense moment that was, not knowing if Daniel was going to speak or not. And here immediately came back, oh, king, live forever. My God has sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they may not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. God sees it all. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. He's saying, king, I serve you gladly. I have been faithful to you. I do you no wrong. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him, for Daniel. And commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatsoever was found on him because he trusted in his God. That's what it means. He believed in his God. He trusted God and God came through. And the king gave the command and they brought these men who had accused Daniel and cast them into the den of lions. Them their children and their wives and the lions overpowered them, broke all their bones and pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble be in trauma and fear before the God of Daniel. Look at this. This is a heathen king. For he is the living God and steadfast forever. Isn't it amazing that the heathen king Darius knew more about God and the character of God than many people that sit in our pews every Sunday? And as a matter of fact, many men who stand in the pulpit every week. And let me tell you, this is the truth. And the Bible says that the king said his dominion shall endure to the end. 
He delivers and rescues. Yes, he does. And he works signs and wonders. Yes, he does. In heaven and on earth. And he has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. Who has? This great God who is alive. He is living and steadfast forever. And look at what the last verse says. Verse 28. So this Daniel, this Daniel, Daniel, God is my judge. Dan, judge, L, God, I is the personal pronoun, my, Daniel, God is my judge. Who saw all of this? God did. Who was in charge during all of this time? God was. Who delivered Daniel? God did. And Darius saw it all. And so God prospered Daniel in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So Daniel was there when Nebuchadnezzar took him away, and he was faithful. He purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's dainties and meats and diet and go against what God had told him. For three years, three years, he was faithful and through all the training of being a eunuch, and God honored him. During the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nabonidus, his son, his grandson, Belshazzar. During the reign of Cyrus, Darius, generation after generation, here was a man that was faithful to God, evening, morning, and noon. Three times a day, Daniel, in all of his major responsibilities, took time three times a day to pray to God, to praise God to take a time and make a time of prayer. King David, I would say he's busy and had a pretty good schedule. And yet David said, evening, morning, and noon, I will cry aloud to you. Could we not just stop once, twice, three times a day and say, God, we just want to pause and tell you that we wouldn't be here without you. We love you with all of our heart. We want to love you more. God, thank you for life, for health, for strength, for family, for all that you've given to us. Could we just not pause one minute, two minutes, three minutes and honor the Lord and get perspective and balance and get back up over 30,000 feet and begin to look at life from God's point of view? That, my friend, is wisdom. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.